0: Welcome to the Von Nelson Podcast. My name is Dan Hughes. My guest today is Chad Farkson, Senior Portfolio Manager. Welcome, Chad. Hey, thanks, Dan. So as we're getting into 2018, 2017 ended with some news around the reduction of the balance sheets, potentially rates moving, um, thinking about you know uh, forecasting a, a signaling of a, of a market slowdown, um, yet that really hasn't happened. You know, 2018 here has gotten off to a pretty fast start. Is there anything that you're looking out at for 2018 in particular today?
1: well obviously we see that the uh, tax changes are going to uh, impact corporate earnings quite significantly in 2018 and so as you play those through it's uh, it's pretty evident that uh, corporate earnings are going to be you know, eight or ten percent higher just on uh, the tax changes in uh, in the United States if you add to that the fact that we've actually got, synchronous GDP growth around the world, 2018 looks pretty good for earnings. Now, we ended 2017 thinking that the market was at an all-time high, that the PE ratios and other valuation ratios were at an all-time high. And so therefore, we'd had some concern, perhaps, that maybe the, uh, the market had run about as much as it was going to. But as you step into 18 and you see this level of, of growth, uh, you don't need any multiple expansion to get meaningful uh, market appreciation this year.
0: So, so you bring up an issue point. So, you, you're talking about you know, corporate earnings, you know, potentially moving eight to ten percent. Um, are you talking across the board, broad-based market? Are you specifically discussing uh, where you look? Uh, spend the majority of your time in that that mid-smid space, uh, or where are you, where are you seeing that?
1: That's uh, that's more of a broad-based number, uh, but that's certainly true in the mid and and mid space. As a matter of fact, it may be even uh, slightly higher in that space.
0: And, and so, how about the the fact of of the construction of particularly something like the, the Russell Midcap uh, Index or even more specifically the Midcap Value Index. You know, some of the questions that I've received inbound have been talking about tax implications. Um, can you talk a bit about the construction of that index? And the reality is it's, it's a bit of a misconception that that index in its entirety is going to benefit given the large slug of, of REITs, uh, which are already passing through their income, and our tax uh, beneficiaries to begin with, uh, and the utility component as well. That's a that's a great question. The Russell Midcap Value
1: Index has got probably 15 percent or so REITs, another 10 or 12 percent utilities. Those REITs, 15 percent of the index, as you point out, are not going to benefit from this tax reform. Further, the entire REIT and utility uh, chunk of that index, let's call that 25 percent for round numbers, has a investor base that tends to think of it as a proxy for bonds. As a matter of fact, the investor base tends to think of those as slightly better than bonds. However, when the prices of bonds fall, the prices of those stocks tend to fall as well. So we call those bond proxies, and those bond proxies are going to move very much uh, the way that uh, that bonds do. And so let's take the U.S. 10-year as a good. Uh, uh, benchmark for what bonds are going to do. The U S 10 year price has come down this year and consequently, so have the REITs and utilities and the Russell mid cap value index.
0: So, so this makes a ton of sense. So you, we're talking about tax reform. It should be a big boost to corporate earnings yet, as we're looking out at how the year has begun, um, it's been a fantastic year in in absolute terms, but uh, mid caps are off to a bit of a sluggish start relative to large cap and small cap. Um, would you uh, would you direct your your prior comments to to part of the rationale on, on why they've been been lagging their counterparts?
1: No, that, that, that's exactly right. I mean, given what I just said, uh, the uh, quarter of the index here is down three percent this year, as opposed to being up, and so the mid caps indeed are lagging, both the large caps and the small caps. They're lagging by already. Uh, several hundred basis points, so several percentage points lower on, on mid-cap returns just a few weeks into the year.
0: And this is still reflective of your positioning and value opportunity, the the, uh, the valuation there that exists and, and, the, and the lack there of uh, uh, both in REITs and utilities? Uh,
1: that's exactly right. We in the Value Opportunity Fund have uh, continued to position ourselves with very little in the way of, of REITs or utilities within our portfolio because we just don't believe the value is there. Right.
0: So it's a valuation discussion more than more than anything else. Uh, so, so moving forward, you know, we, we talk a lot about, you know, the portfolios here at Von Nelson as being, you know, incredibly, portfolios are, are incredibly security specific. Um, however, as the calendar has rolled over, are there any areas of the market that you f- might find that are, are, more attractive than others, and particularly as, as looking at a, a market that's run as hard as it had, um, it's becoming more and more challenging to find value names. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll tie this question up by saying, you know, about midway through last year, there was, a, there was an ad into some energy positioning. Um, perhaps that was the only place that had had lags uh, coming out of, of 16. So is there anything similar to that right now in 18 that you're looking for? Or is, again, is it is, is it really security specific?
1: You know, it is indeed very security specific. There are very few themes that you can can latch onto now that you can get comfortable are both positive secular themes and have not already been priced into the market. So for example, today you could look at uh, electric vehicles and think, great, electric vehicles are going to grow tremendously over the next decade. And I am sure that's absolutely correct. However, if you want to play that as a theme and think I'm going to invest in an electric vehicle linked stock. That stock price has already run in anticipation of that of that electric vehicle uh, appreciation. That said, there are a couple of themes out there that we could uh, still look at. I'll focus on one. We do still find interesting the theme that uh, millennials, in particular, but all U.S. consumers are tending to buy more experiences over goods in the last few years, and we expect that to continue uh, really unabated.
0: When you say experiences over goods, can you can you give us a couple of examples of what you're what you're describing here?
1: Absolutely. So if you're given the, uh, the option to, for example, go to a Disney theme park or go on a cruise versus buy a new coat, in general, people are choosing the Disney theme park or the cruise over buying the new coat.
0: Okay, and so do you think this is a trend? I mean, you're, you're talking drastically different price points for something like that, right? Um, but do you think this is just a, a, a trend of, of just buying and consumer nature that we're, we're coming across into? Is this going to be, you know, is, is it just because there's you know more you know more families out there? The families are being expanded. At the, you know, it, what is that? What is the reason behind um, you know the, the shared experience uh, rather than um, going out and finding something that's uh, you know a, a tangible good?
1: You know, frankly, we think this is a long-run secular trend. It has to do both with the desire of people to be able to, you know, create memories with their family, with their friends, as opposed to simply just buy, you know, another good. And, and frankly, it has to do with the fact that uh, the material wealth for most folks, uh, even you know, as you look across the spectrum in the United States, um, even uh, lower-income folks have reasonably solid base material wealth. I don't mean that they're driving around in Ferraris or Lamborghinis, but I do mean that they're able to have the refrigerator, the air conditioner that they need, they have the clothing they need as a general rule. And so people find themselves wishing for more family time, friend time, connected time, and in order to create that time, they're buying these experiences. Okay,
0: so so most people have their you know their their core covered and and you've got this you know excess that can be used for leisure time and these leisure times are being starting to look into uh, uh more adventures than they are uh you know the next you know whatever it might be um okay so shifting gears a little bit here uh we talk about you know trying to find names um and you know you can tie this into your last answer or or, or going in another direction but um, you know the, the landscape for for finding names um, has drastically reduced, right? You look in the last you know, almost 25 years, we've gone from roughly 75 public names. Um, today, we're, we're dipped below 4,000. Uh, is, is this a big deal? Is it is a non-issue? Uh, does, it, does it become uh, more challenging for you and, and the rest of the portfolio management team to, to sift through and find businesses that are, are worth digging into?
1: Uh, that's a great question. So taking 7,500 public names down to fewer than 4,000 public names, cutting it in half, uh, you might say, boy, it seems like you might have fewer opportunities there to find, uh, to find good names. From our point of view, we need to find 60 good stocks to go into the portfolio in our value opportunities portfolio. So really, whether we've got seven, 8,000 uh, opportunities to look at or 4,000 opportunities to look at, um, and of course, cut that down by, uh, by size of, uh, of the market cap, it'll be some smaller number that we'll actually look at. We still only have to find 60. And we find that uh, that, that really hasn't changed.
0: And I think that's a that's a that's a great answer. Right. And, and you know, I, I feel this question a fair amount. And with our investment thesis, right, where if we're explicitly trying to deliver somewhere close to a 50 percent return over a three year time horizon, you know, how are you going to do that in this market? Right. And, and you know, quite simply in, in, in the shortest form, the answer is we're not trying to buy 100 150 names. Right. You just have to find two or three a quarter to make this process work. Right. And, and are you, you I, would, I would say that you would agree with that. I, I think that's a great way to say it. That's exactly right. We
1: find two, three, four names a quarter. Uh, if we can continue to do that, uh, we will continue to perform as we'd expect. And we are able to do that, that, that bar, while not low, uh, is by no means insurmountable All
0: right. well the last question I have for you today um, is just a little bit more around uh, what we're seeing in, in the news cycle and you know you can't turn on TV open up your computer uh, talk to a buddy that's somebody who has uh, invested in or is looking to invest in uh, cryptocurrencies discussing blockchains um, so while this has been you know an, an absolute domination of, of all headline news do you have an opinion not with respect to investing in this but uh, at this point you know is this the real are they here to stay what's the relevance uh, in and how do it affect the economy?
1: Well, look, we think the blockchain technology is very real. Uh, it's very hard to say how it will ultimately uh, be best used, but there's a very real new idea here with blockchain. That idea is going to continue to, uh, to grow by leaps and bounds. It's going to infiltrate different parts of the economy. That's real. Cryptocurrencies, they're interesting. They're completely speculative. Uh, you, can, you can do the analysis uh, as many ways as you like. The bottom line is that the cryptocurrencies have nothing underlying them nothing beneath them other than just pure faith pure hope pure speculation whether one of those cryptocurrencies might be able to turn that hope faith speculation into uh, a real store of value over time maybe maybe one maybe bitcoin you know if, if ethereum's your favorite maybe ethereum you know pick your favorite maybe one is ultimately worth something over the long run are all of them going to be worth some uh, massive amount? Absolutely not. This is a massive bubble in cryptocurrencies. Many, many, many people will get hurt by this bubble.
0: So, so if I'm, you know, just want to repeat this back to you, if I'm hearing you correctly, blockchain is a legitimate technology. This is here to stay. This is going to start um, uh, incorporating itself uh, in, in, in more and more as, we, as it expands. Um, but with regards to the cryptocurrencies, you know, you're not finding this more any more than today than than perhaps a storage of value in the long term. Um, and in terms of investing in them, it sounds to me like you're saying hey look, this is this is far more speculative than it is investing. It's nearly impossible to place some type of a true valuation on these on these companies.
1: Uh, that's right. That's exactly the way to say it. And, and to put your uh, your hard-earned money into a cryptocurrency today, you've got to be thinking that that is roughly the same as going and betting on black at Vegas. It yeah. might win, but right. it it, you know, might not.
0: Sticking, sticking a hole in the ground and, and hope something comes out of it. Right. Good. All right. Well, great. Well, thank you, Chad. I appreciate your time today um, and, and certainly uh, appreciate the comments on, on the marketplace. And, and we're looking forward to having you back here soon in, uh, in no time. Thank you. All right, Dan. Thank you very much. Okay.
2: Important information. The analysis and opinions referenced herein represent the subjective views of Daniel Hughes and Chad Ferguson on January twenty fourth 2018 and should not be construed as investment advice or a recommendation. They are subject to change at any time based on market and other conditions. There is no assurance that developments will transpire as forecasted. Actual results may vary. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. Any reference to specific securities, sectors, or markets within this material does not constitute investment advice or a recommendation an offer to buy or to sell any security or an offer of services. Equity securities of volatile and can decline significantly in response to broad market and economic conditions. Investments in small and mid-sized companies can be more volatile than those of larger companies. Value investing carries the risk that a security can continue to be undervalued by the market for long periods of time. Real estate investing may be subject to risk including but not limited to declines in the value of real estate, risks related to general economic conditions, changes in the value of the underlying property owned by the trust and default by borrowers. Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit im.netixis.com or call 800-862-4863. For a prospectus or a summary prospectus containing this and other information, read it carefully. Natixis Distribution LP is a limited purpose broker dealer and is the distributor of various registered investment companies for which advisory services are provided by affiliates of Natixis Investment Managers for financial professional use only. At TRACS two zero one nine five eight five one one. Pod ninety five january. 2018. Expiration, 731, 2018.